Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Elliot, I have to I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little little tired tonight. Little little bit little little sleepy for this episode. I think my first sleepy episode. You look a little bushy eyed, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just a little bit, but we're on what, episode 32, one. 33, one. 30, one. <laughs> episode one. Hey, welcome back to the beginning, everybody. <laughs> First season episode one. of <laughs> season one. Season one, 30, 30 episodes. 30. We're just restarting. Yeah, We're we just restarting. restart from the beginning. Yeah. And oh boy, Elliot, can you believe the two films we have today to restart that new season? Oh, I yeah. love how we're just running with this. Okay. I yeah, so there's no new season, right guys. Now. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're just in a causality loop and, and that's kind of to lead us into the sci-fi genre here that we're going to be talking about <laughs> tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Elliot, yes. in the words of, of, of my, my good friend, um, Anakin Skywalker, sand, <laughs> I don't like sand. It's coarse. It's just it's too coarse. Really, I hadn't I had no clue that sand was coarse, Trevor. Um right. well, I mean that's what, that's what he said, so that's, that's, what he said. That, that is true. I mean Anakin said it, so it has to be true. Well, with without these two films, we wouldn't actually, especially the the original of these two films that we're gonna be talking about today, Dune and Dune. There's many dunes, guys. There's many a dunes. Double dune. Double dune. <laughs> dune dune dune. We're double duning it. <laughs> on this episode yeah, I, I tried to do the dun, 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 but there's only two so it's it'd be like dun, dun, we'll, we'll insert dun, the music dun. cue later you know <laughs> nah. yeah, I mean, but, that's, that's, that's what you're here for right that's exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so we're going to be talking about dune uh that released in 1984 david directed by david lynch and dune that just came out uh this past year in 2021 directed by denis Villeneuve and you may know Denis Villeneuve guys from our last episode he directed Blade Runner 2049 so automatically he's he's in the sci-fi realm he had Blade Runner 2049 uh had shot it and and now he's moving into the Dune epic and the thing with Dune guys it's all from Frank Herbert's uh, epic book that came out in the 1960s um and at that time you had a lot of people uh questioning of course social norms uh there was civil unrest in the country as we've said on previous episodes also you've have uh Fra- well basically frank herbert wanted to create a sci-fi epic and really he draws upon a lot of different cultures with the book itself it's very universally accepted uh, around the world and because it has this sense of universality with religion spirituality expanding our minds to become something better or something different than what we are currently and i think that form of escape really touched on a lot of people's lives back then and that's why it became such a big hit and influenced so many directors afterwards you know with mm-hmm. uh dune without dune guys we would not have star wars sand. we we would not have sand we would not have water <laughs> we would not have still suits 
<laughs> but no, you would have no Star Wars without Dune because George Lucas re- obviously read Dune and said, I could do it better. And he basically, you know, had a little dab of King Arthur, a little dab of this, a little dab of that. And mm-hmm. but the the core of Star Wars is Dune. The premise, you know, there's an empire, there's an evil emperor trying to take over a world. Uh, with Star Wars, it's like the universe and the Bene Gesserit from Dune, who are basically like the Jedi of the -hmm. world, have force powers. You know, they can read minds, they can use the voice, you know, and yeah, the force, the voice. Instead of the force, you have the voice. And they are basically the keepers of knowledge in the universe and dune takes place 10,000 years in the future 10,000 plus years actually it's and in a sense it's like almost society has re- like reached out to the stars go- and colonized other worlds but have have left a lot of their um some of their technological advances behind but then also advanced some other portions of it like they have interstellar travel thanks to the spice drug melange and which everyone's fighting over sounds kind of like oil <laughs> in a sense i was gonna say it sounds kind of similar to uh, you know some things that have happened in the past couple days exactly honestly. you know uh everyone's fighting over oil or resources and we still are doing this to this day but we'll get into that um to kind of set the premise uh this is pretty much what dune uh started and it's had a very interesting history in film because of the fact that it's almost when you read it you basically go this is almost unfilmable if you were to go page by page it would just be <laughs> like you could do a mini series or mm-hmm. many seasons and you still would not get the full first book into it it's like a 700 page book a lot happens in it there's multiple characters and the the world itself is huge it's mm-hmm. and it's it's uh it's crazy. So the fact that well, the first well really we have to give credit to Alejandro Jodorowsky for first tackling Dune in its cinematic form. Now Jodorowsky, yeah. those of you who have seen uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary, great documentary, highly recommend that you guys go see it. Um, he was originally going to be the director on the cinematic adaptation of Dune. Now, what happened was it literally crumbled because of budgetary constraints because, again, it at the time, that was, what, back in the 70s? Eight, mm-hmm. Late 70s, early 80s-ish? Mm-hmm. And the technology wasn't as advanced as far as CGI goes. You didn't have... The, tech, uh, the camera technology as well that we have today and at the time it was like again it was almost like an unfilmable feat that and this mm-hmm. indie director yeah. Jodorowsky was really like an indie director who just came out of nowhere and just started making artsy films and he he actually never read Dune and wanted to make the movie <laughs> but, I can do that but I can he's like and in a sense though he had a great idea though was that um well a he hired like some of the concept artists that were actually uh concept artists on blade runner mobius uh the great graphic novelist mobius 
and they storyboarded the whole entire film. He still has that whole giant storyboard script and stuff. (laughs) That would be a giant storyboard. Yeah. But he really did capture the vision of what really became David Lynch's Dune because Mm -hmm. after Jodorowsky left the project, uh, David Lynch took the project on. Uh, He came in and literally tried to take elements of what Jodorowsky had started and kind of rework things. And again, he, I, I think the first Dune like movie, you can clearly see that they're trying to cram that 700 page <laughs> book into two hours. Yeah. I was going to, that's something I wanted to really mention because I find, I feel like you find this a lot when you have those, you know, book to book to screen adaptations. Right. Mm-hmm. And you always wonder like, I feel like I feel like it's kind of a, a general consensus that a book is always better than a film because it's up yeah. to you get to create the images in your own mind. So when you see it on the screen, if it doesn't live up to what you you know what you envisioned or what you pictured in your imagination, it's right. not going to be. And to take something like Dune, right that that is iconic, absolutely iconic mm-hmm. uh, piece of literature, and yeah. have to put it on screen and already have all the obstacles they were facing and then to be like okay we're going to try to pull this off and then to have to make the decisions like what do we include what's important to the story like yeah the, the amount of stress and and just build up from that had to be insurmountable because like you said already the budget was not there for what no, they wanted to I do i think the original budget they said was like 15 mil for the which sounds like a lot of money right back Back, then it was back then it definitely was. but what they were trying to do was something on on you know on this on what dune of 2021 did right Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's ultimately what they were trying to pull off and they did in some ways i mean some of the some of the practical effects look pretty cool some of the the special effects and things that you know i love that type of stuff and yeah. Some of those like uh, prosthetics and stuff look, looked all right, and they still look like they hold up. But I find mm-hmm. it interesting that, you know, you have Star Wars. I think the original Star Wars came out in 77. Is that correct? Yes. The first one. Mm-hmm. And if you watch those back now compared to Dune, which came out in what, 83? Yeah. 84? The model work is way better on Star Wars. Way I was going to say, like, I feel like Star Wars... Star Wars holds it's, up to this day, still to this day. I, I was like, yeah, it still holds up. And even like, well, the fir- the original trilogy, like they all hold up visually mm-hmm. because you had a really great team on them. Um, the thing with the original Dune was like, I felt like Lynch was trying to be, he he at heart is an artist himself. He should have be loves, like groundbreaking and, in a and sense. He tried really. to, yeah, exactly. He tried to be groundbreaking and do too much with very little so mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of the shots in the original 1984 dune look like they're all against a green screen or a blue screen it, it was like and you see the outline and they didn't even try to hide it and it was <laughs> it's embarrassing into uh, to a certain degree you know it's like a cult classic almost the, with the, it's with become a cult classic of, yeah because of that of how bad it is and sting is in it you know the and, and like sting from the police is in it just randomly because they were like oh we need like a big name person in the Get film us a cameo kind of, and he gets a cameo and and i think he's the best part but they didn't really delve into his character that much i mean they kind of like he's just there and then like 
he's one of the cousins of the Baron, and he doesn't really he fights Paul at the end, and it's it's kind of like okay, well, yeah, he's kind of menacing, but I felt that what twenty the twenty twenty one version of Dune did better was that you get more of a sense who the characters are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they have more time to develop. I was them. gonna say, yeah, because well, if I mean, you take yeah, oh, go ahead. Because if, if you if you try to rush, you know, at, at the center, you have Leto, you have Jessica, you have Paul. Then around them, you have all of the Harkonnens. You have, you know, the Baron who's you got to establish the Baron is basically like the evil. The emperor, emperor. The he's like Darth Vader, yeah. actually. He's more like Darth Vader. And then. Yeah. Then like the emperor is definitely the evil emperor from Sidious. <laughs> Star- yeah. Sidious. So it, it's. You know the puppeteer, the man behind the uh, curtain, basically. Uh, yeah. He's he's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so <sighs> with 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 the Baron, you know, you, I felt like in the 2021 version, he's more developed. He's less of a just a pudgy old man in a fat suit and mm-hmm. with boils mm-hmm. on his face, and he's more menacing. I mean, the way. Uh, really? Scarsgar. I, I thought, thought he was creepier in the old one. I mean, that could just be because it's old, but I thought he was really the freaky. The makeup job in the old one's like pretty darn good. I mean, they yeah, look he's, really he's, disgusting. I mean, he's creepy, man. Yeah. Like, he reminds me of the penguin from uh, the Batman, the Batman film. Oh, um, yeah. He's, you, he's, you know who I'm talking about. He gave yeah. me nightmares as a kid. I saw that when I was a kid and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> never again. Yeah. Uh-uh. Don't, don't go near the penguin, man. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. He, he will scare kids in their sleep well he also has like some really creepy stuff going like in the original dune he's like kind of like uh he's also like kind of got like a love interest with his own cousins and like that are around him and stuff but then he also is like has like a love interest with his his maid and then the doctor and then like Uh randomly brad duraf's in there who's like uh worm tongue from lord of the rings that was like one of his first (laughs) movies that he did and he's just got like these crazy eyebrows jutting out and the thing Mm -hmm. they do with eyebrows in the original dune we we could have a whole episode just talking about the eyebrow design like who in their <laughs> who signed off on that? <laughs> who signed off on this? Why it, was Lynch like, yeah, you know what? That looks good. Let's bigger. Do that. I want them bigger and fluffier. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's one point where the general of the Atreides uh side like basically looks like he's going to he's got like a unibrow and he's literally <laughs> gonna like fly away with his eyebrows. It's it's hysterical. I mean um, you never know. You never know. I mean, it is the future, so maybe they put like a jetpack in there or something. I don't know. But <laughs> enough with the eyebrows. So <laughs> back to the core of the Dune story. I what were your thoughts on how does the power struggle of the Harkonnens and the Atreides reflect on what's going on? in the world today and also kind of like what even when dune first came out even the, in the 80s and such how do you think that kind of related to that and reflected the times yeah i mean i don't i don't think i have to go into too deep detail with this right now especially yeah. with the events that have just unfolded over the past day two mm-hmm. days now at this point i mean uh, i feel like and and, and th- this is in our history in, in general as 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 countries right i mean think about mm-hmm. all the wars that have been fought most wars are fought over land power resources 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I mean this this most recent one is is control, right? Yeah. It's all about control. And when the when the uh, Atreides come into uh, what's the actual where where the 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 planet? What's it called? Uh, Arrakis. Arrakis. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they come to Arrakis, you know he's like, oh, you know we're just here to 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 collect spice and we're going to govern, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's like, no, you're taking away like their land. Like this is this is their birthright. This is where they this is where they live. Right. It's like well, it's like when a country invades another country. It's like, yeah. wh- wh- why do you think this is OK? Like people have been living here forever and doing and going about their lives and doing what they, they do and and having lives. And then you think all of a sudden like, oh, you know what? I want that piece of land. It, it, like I mm-hmm. said, it's all that it's that power struggle. It's that. You can never get enough. And we we as humans in general, outside of, you know, conquering nations or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we 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 deal with that as well. Right. We're always wanting more. We always want more. People want more and more and more. It's like, oh, I can never you know, I got this, but I need this. I actually need this. We don't like. Well, especially we, when we get into a, a position of power. You know, and oh, we have, wow. and, and when you have endless amounts of resources and funding and money behind you, you feel like you're the king of the world, and you can it, bend people to your will. I mean, that's what the Harkonnens kind of represent. They represent a one-sided, one like one-minded uh, culture that basically has no room for art. Their their design, you see it in the design of their 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 suits their the way they act around each other the way they carry out their lives whereas i feel like the atreides feel more cultured and more of a vibrant culture where they they embrace more cultures because you see it Mm -hmm. in the original dune and you also see it in the newer one uh especially in the newer one because you have kind of the embracement of like the scottish culture you have the embracement of english culture anglican uh, as well as Spanish, even you have, you know, the bull, you know, like the grandfather used to, uh, was it fight bulls, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, do the bull well, fights and stuff. So I, I agree. I agree that they definitely like are more inclusive, but mm-hmm. the same sense, like to me is like, they still left their home world to come to Arrakis to collect. Get, right. Yeah. And they're so really, the same, even though they're still like, yeah. The Fremen inclusive. are the Fremen are really the one the victims in this case. The yeah, Fremen are basically yeah. a, a rogue group. Well, actually, they are the natives of Arrakis, and they mm-hmm. are like the Native Americans of America, or you know, any native people, indigenous people to a particular country, because mm-hmm. you know they end up getting the wrong end of the stick, unfortunately, and uh, you know it's it's especially when you have a culture that's more advanced in technology and and has power they're going mm-hmm. to try to influence the ones that basically the haves and the have nots you know they are going to try to control them and take them over and supposedly um you know civilize them basically what yeah. they think is civilizing I, them yeah and i remember you were talking about you know the the religious aspects of the film and talking mm-hmm. about you know how the the messiah how they believe that yeah. paul could potentially be the messiah right and right it's almost it's almost uh to take it into biblical terms it's kind of like when the israelites were you know under pharaoh in egypt mm-hmm. 
and Moses was, God was speaking to Moses to, you know, basically let my people go, let my people go type of thing. Yeah. It's a little bit different because they're, they're not necessarily under that slavery perhaps in this, but there's still that in a biblical... sense, though, they're, they're, they're in, they're under like an iron fist. Cause of... they have to work like yeah. they're, they're, yeah, they have to follow a certain, they have to do certain things and do like, they can't, yeah they don't well, have the, the freedom that they. I, uh, what was it? I think it's Kynes, um, who is the one who meets with, uh, basically tries to get Paul and Jessica out of uh, the city uh, after mm-hmm. the bombardment by the Harkonnens, after they try to take, well, once they retake the city and kill off Leto. Um, she, rep- she's in, you know, she's being controlled by the emperor in a sense, but then realizes, oh, I'm actually I'm at heart Fremen and I out of respect to my planet and my home I'm willing to defend that because she sees in Paul hope and I think that's a very interesting thing because in a sense Star Wars has that in the fact that you know in Luke you see there's hope you know Star Wars no, episode 4 is called A New Hope he is oh, the new a, hope yeah, the, the very first one is A New Hope exactly and, you know, the the character of Paul, you know, pops up, you know, in history through many different forms, you know, like you have the prophet Muhammad, you have, you know, the Islamic culture, you have mm-hmm. Judaism and Christianity, you know, with Jesus. Um, he's half man, half God. You know, he's yep. that blend of the God and the man and uh, represents I guess ascendancy. Yeah, basically, he represents ascendancy to that next spiritual plane, would or basically our connection with heaven, in a sense, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the other world, other side of the of of the of reality, actually, or of well, life. The, the the interesting thing about both Star Wars and Dune is that it's honestly, if you kind of strip away the setting, like just you know, look at the characters, look at Paul, look at Luke. Mm-hmm. Even look at Anakin at the start of his journey, right before yeah. he turns to the dark side. It's ultimately just the your your typical hero's journey story yeah. in, in reality, right? Like, I mean, it's Arthurian he, legend, basically, too. Yeah, you know? it's that typical like I'm going to go on this long journey to find my my true place and become you know whatever that true thing may be, right? But eventually, mm-hmm. the hero gets to a point where. You know, they're not the young kid anymore learning and training to be that's a Padawan or they're learning how to use the voice. You know, yeah, they have control over it. He knows how to use the force. I mean, it's it, I mean, even I was making a comment to you when I was watching, but the costumes, I mean, the costumes in Dune uh, and the costumes in Star Wars. I mean, you can see the the similarities was, like, yeah, yeah, the, for the Empire, the, you know, the stormtroopers, you've got you've got that you've got the um they the There's the people on Arrakis remind me of Arrakis remind me of like the Tuscan Raiders almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or or where Anakin's from, most Tatooine. It's basically Tatooine. Oh, yeah. It's exactly yeah, pretty much. Except without the huts. <laughs> so yeah. you know it and the Sardaukar, Sandworms are there though. The, I know the, the <laughs> Sandworms are there, and and I love that they look like the. Um, uh, the Sarlacc. I mean, the Sarlacc is basically kind of like that's true Lucas's though. That, yeah. Nod to the giant worms of uh dune so mm-hmm. and i <laughs> i gotta i gotta i gotta say that 
the way they do the worms in the 1984 version oh it's, no it's it's there's times where i'm like okay i like it and then there's other times where it's like the hide when they get up close to it it's so green screened and <laughs> they're like <laughs> it's so it's a worm it's so campy and i and that's kind of where you see the detriments of having good cgi because in the new one it, it's seamless i i give the cgi oh that uh, shot the, with timothy chalamet where the worm comes right up right to him. up and oh, oh my gosh and the sound design on the new one is incredible like they oh my I went, goodness okay that that's how the world should sound and it really i it's very like it resonates because you feel the whole earth shake when that thing's coming and and barreling through the sand dunes and and coming towards paul and Mm -hmm. jessica it's just it's it's an awesome blend of sound visuals and just great storytelling as well Mm -hmm. and i feel that uh villeneuve really i mean he definitely saw the original dune and Mm -hmm. said hey uh this needs to this needs to be also retold and now that we have the technology we can tell it in the right way and give it the right respect that it was due that's exactly literally because it's like it was like peter jackson with lord of the rings you know Mm -hmm. you have to like they originally wanted lord of the rings to be one actually two well two movies into one movie and then they went to new line and they said no it's three films Thank God for that, because, you know, there's no way to... T- Lord of the Rings is another epic yeah. in the fantasy realm where it's almost unfilmable if you were to go yeah, page well, by page. It's like Harry Potter, right? Or Harry Potter. You know, Look at Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, as the books got longer, you noticed that the movies, like, really tried to truncate a lot of stuff, and I felt that, like, three, four, and five, really, and six, even had a very they were very um it was very detrimental to the storytelling because you're missing a lot of stuff on character That's exactly development the point I, i'm bringing up yeah about earlier when i said that when he took this on knowing how how much of an impact this film was going to have knowing how big yeah. the novel was right like Mm-hmm. How do you pick those moments, right? Because that was my right. biggest complaint about the Harry Potter films. I read the books first yeah. and then I watched them with a friend and he was like, you know, I was pointing out things that were missing and he was like, what are you talking about? Because he had never read the books. Yeah, It's like, there's a lot of things that get granted lost. they may not be like, like, oh my goodness, like, you know, game changing for the story, right? But they're still important to overall character development and character build. And that's what I loved. And I, you hit the nail right on the head, right? I feel like a lot of films that were in the remake stage right now where they're remaking things, mm-hmm. Dune is one that deserved it because being able to take it and put it into two parts now and allowing us to really yeah. focus on the characters and really explore Enjoy. the characters that were originally created. Exact, yeah, that's exactly right. It, like That allows you to really, number one, appreciate the, the, the work a lot more, right? And mm-hmm. also they can take their time and really focus on all these important moments and truly tell an epic you know to tell what the the epic was trying to to tell in the first place when the novel was written right exactly and and really have a enduring and lasting film that will you know it stands out and that's why this the the newer 2021 version had a better reception than the original dune back in 1984 the backlash the critics were like they were 
relentless on how bad this film was. And and then it slowly got some cult following, much like Blade Runner. You know, mm-hmm. at first the critics hate it, and then it builds up a following over the years as it more and more people see it and learn to appreciate what the film is in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think with seeing because I was telling you before, like I've seen the original Dune like several times and then watching the new one many times and, and really enjoying the new one and then going back to watch the old one, you appreciate what they improved upon from the original. But the original has a place in its history because without that, it's as the base point uh, or the baseline, you can't have, you know, the rest of you, you wouldn't have the 2021 version. You wouldn't have mm-hmm. the influence that it had because Dune as a cultural There's some shot for shots like remakes, but it, basically in the new one. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean the 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 fight scene between um uh Gurney and and Paul uh also I, I love the that box. The, the 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 yeah, the the box uh basically the shield and stuff that it's basically a force field and that's all taken from the original Dune. Um what else? The you know, especially a lot of the stuff when Paul and Jessica are out in the desert, you know, trying mm-hmm, to survive mm-hmm. and everything and when they're escaping uh the city when she uses the voice on the uh the ones in the the copter the little yeah. the little uh what are the, dragonfly copter i love that it looks like yeah. a dragonfly i think it's so cool the the, the uh ornithcopters are ridiculously perfected in the 2021 version the original oh, yeah i was like okay that's <laughs> almost to what herbert originally designed but there's like clear descriptions of those particular vehicles in the book. And Herbert was mm-hmm. very long winded on describing these particular types of technology and stuff, you know, in, in the books. And they mm-hmm. pop up all the time in, in countless in, in, in not only the first Dune and Dune Messiah and the subsequent books that came after it. I mean, he had like almost, I think it was 10, 12 books about dune and it's and it, and the world you know people just can't get enough of it and it's hmm. it's it's one of those uh stories that can be told many different ways but if you mm-hmm. pick the right moments from the book and tell it in a very cinematic way which i think 2020 2020 2021 <laughs> really <laughs> achieved very yeah. well and I love that it also took out some of the more acid trip ish visuals <laughs> and went more for the practical effects mm-hmm. and yep. making it look that I think it was I think that's what was missing in the original Dune was that it went was trying to be too like out there esoteric and, and stuff and mm-hmm. when really it needed the practicality of like let's say Star Wars the yep. use of more model work the use of bigatures you know like lo- the original or look at the original lord of the rings then you have the hobbit which is all cgi it looks mm-hmm. nothing like the original trilogy of lord of the rings and yep. in my opinion you know it doesn't look as good but you know it's like there's certain reasons why practical effects and practical and blended with cgi uh why that works that blend really works so well 
and Mm -hmm. makes the film more enjoyable to watch. I mean, like, look at Blade Runner 2049, even both miniatures with CGI. And it's 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 one of the most beautiful films. And I think with Dune, Villeneuve just is continuing that tradition. Mm -hmm. And and I think sci fi is in good hands with this particular director. So you can you can totally tell he loves sci fi. Yeah, I think we had that this discussion with Mark Mark Zickery mm-hmm. uh, about about yeah, sci-fi like and how he was saying it's in, how he was saying it's in good hands right now because of like the directors we have that are that are established themselves now as right you know your sci-fi guys or mm-hmm. girls whatever it may be. Um, one other point I wanted to make: we talked about you asked me the question about you know how do I feel all this kind of fitting into the world right now. And I mentioned about with countries and stuff, but one other thing I wanted to mention was it's also government versus society as well. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, not just country versus country or or all out war. It's also governments that are governing over society. You could look at it the same way and that way in regards to with the Atreides, you know, coming Mm -hmm. to the, where the the freeman's land coming to, uh, you know, Arrakis and taking that, that space and kind of putting their governing law over. Right. Yeah, it's you can, basically you can kind of look at yeah. It's like fascism coming in and mm-hmm. trying to take over the world. You know, and it's interesting that 10,000 years in the future they're still fighting over the same <laughs> same stuff, which I think that's and what Herbert they probably still will in 10,000 years from now. Exactly. Too. Well, if you if you continue reading past the first Dune book, it's it's again that cyclical nature of time itself just keeps repeating itself. And mm-hmm. You know, you have the like basically authoritarian regimes rise and they fall. They try to destroy the environment. The environment will come back and always rebuild in a sense, or it has or retake what is due, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the idea of, you know, there's even like a little bit of they even describe things of racism too, because the fact that the Trades and the Harkonnens don't understand the Fremen people, the Fremen represent the minority in this case and mm-hmm. are really like, you know, fighting for their very lives and their very existence. Oh, sounds kind of like avatar <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, right. It, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how sci-fi movies all kind of, kind of spawn from themes from dune it's kind of it's it's really the more you think about it it's like oh yeah they picked that director picked up i mean cameron definitely picked up from dune they've read it mm-hmm. you know and they then do their own kind of homage to it in a sense i mean even spongebob did an homage to <laughs> dune as well so i i saw a, a, a screenshot of that i'm going like oh my gosh so hey you know, it's it becomes part of the pop culture, you know, part of our mm-hmm. sci-fi culture and stuff. And I, I think it's up there with Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, and, you know, Lord of the Rings. You know, it's it's like the there's all these stories that come along that and are accepted universally through many cultures and become that epic. It's our kind of like our version of how we tell great stories again you know like back yeah, in the days well, of old well we as people in society love to go where we can't go physically exactly. right like we love 
We love those like old, old tales of like, you know, knights and castles or in our case, you know, mm-hmm. orcs and chivalry and warriors in Lord of the Rings. Or perhaps we go to another planet or another galaxy altogether or we're exploring the vast areas of of, of all the, the sand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and dealing with the worms. and everything. I mean, like we, we love that stuff because it's something that we we can escape to and and just really like forget about kind of forget about where we're at in this life and mm-hmm. just like transport ourselves. And I feel like that's why the sci-fi genre and just the genre of, uh, I guess, I guess you could say the, the epic, the epic, uh, I don't know the epic name. I'm trying to think of like the right thing I'm trying to say, but like, I feel like that's why these type of films are so well, you received. know, received and so pulled well, from all these different cultures and, and areas of the world because they're so, yeah, I mean, they're expensive. They're, yeah, <laughs> it, it, the the fact that we can escape into the another world, you know, mm-hmm. I think we needed that, especially during this pandemic, because we are all stuck home, stuck at home, yeah, and we want to escape from the real the realities of reality. <laughs> so, what yeah. better way to do that than go to Arrakis and and uh, go, you know, <laughs> sandworm riding with Paul? So. And, you know, I think... Oh, now I got the SpongeBob thing. I couldn't remember what you were talking about. You're talking about the episode with the worm where Sandy rides the worm, yes. right? Yes, that's the one. Yes. And then he <laughs> falls off at the end. And he's like, ouch. <laughs> ouch. I love SpongeBob. So, so I, took, I, I was like, I was going blank for a second. And then, then it just like hit me right there. Yeah. But and yes, great episode. Anyway. <laughs> we, we digress. But, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, like so many people have been influenced by this as we've said, I think with Dune, you know, the original has its place in history because it get as I said, it gives the starting point to building the universe and showing the possibilities of what could be, I think. And, you know, even though the special effects are very dated and they were working with what they had at that time, I think in a sense also they kind of didn't romanticize it as much as the newer version because mm-hmm. I felt that the 1984 version was a little grittier um mm-hmm. you know they even though the actors all seemed like they were floating through the film in a sense <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and, like Patrick Stewart pops up and he's like hi <laughs> I'm Gurney Halleck Gurney Halleck Gurney Halleck <laughs> Oh, and, and then Duncan Idaho just like it's so I don't know how they went from the original Duncan Idaho to, who I have no clue who it is and <laughs> they get and then they have Jason Momoa who's this big bro right? dude and I was like that's that's who should have been it <laughs> I can't yeah. unsee Momoa as uh, or I can't unsee uh, Momoa as Duncan Idaho it's like that that was mm-hmm. perfect casting. It's a perfect it. perfect casting. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention, uh I find this interesting and I know like why it is, but I'm curious why he may have picked these colors. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he went with blue eyes for the spice addiction? Like why why do you think that was? Well, the thing with Herbert, he wrote dune around the time when people were doing a lot of lsd and acid 
and it's you can see the whole melange you know it's mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm. drug you know spice uh let the spice flow you know to and 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 psychedelics and such you know it and it, it kind of draws its influence from that and i think the blue in a sense blue the blue is very royal and also actually well purple's actually it's also eye catching too it, it's also very distinctive however it's also kind of interesting because you know i hate to say the fascist uh like idea was like the perfect blonde blue eyed i was gonna mention that it's I was like that, that, that had old like an- aryan like yeah. theme to it but before the you know the nazis butchered the a lot of the kind of more babylonian and mesopotamian ideals of what the perfect human are you know the the blue eyes kind of i think derive from that um possibly i mean that's what i could probably that was what that that was going to be my guess that was going to that's what i was thinking because i was thinking about the 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 aryan race that you know that was and blonde hair blue eye perfect human or whatever but they also it's interesting because they they definitely toned it down on the newer one for sure it was like less of a glowing oh oh, yeah in 80 and 84 you could light up a whole room with how bright their eyes were i was like wow uh they're they're a little like it's like headlights you know right no literally literally (laughs) so i i i yeah uh, blue blue eyes man but and you know also, the famous quote, fear is the mind killer, is one of the most used quotes in science fiction and especially in Dune, you know, the famous scene of when Paul is confronted by the mother, uh, Benny Gesserit, and asked to place his hand in the box. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that scene in both films? How the directors did it? It's much more graphic in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like in the second one. Okay, the first one I feel like is like your shock factor and your scare factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like in the new Dune, it's better captured because I like that we don't exactly kind of see what he fears per se. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that it's almost open to audience interpretation. It's almost like you're the one putting your hand in the box and kind of... yeah confronting what what you would think as opposed to like you know oh my hand is melting off please help me oh no which is what happens in the first one right yeah i mean the skin kind of tears away and we get a cool little like effect yeah and i i felt like lynch's thing with his version was more of like wow shock factor and more uh external like version and a more external version of dune and what his adaptation or his yeah adaptation me is of the mm-hmm. book and i think with villeneuve though he went more internally and mm-hmm. went more who how is paul affected by being the supreme being or this foretold supreme being that he comes to find out that he is and how does he grapple with these visions of the future i mean it's basically like he had a mass download of past present and future into his brain and how Mm -hmm. can any man or woman handle that knowledge 
And I think that's what he's always trying to grapple with, especially in the book. You definitely get that sense. You know, the book, it's told through both dialogue as well as internal thought. And you start to get a little bit of that with the very cheesy opening of the original Dune. And you get also like the random like voiceovers that you have in there like, I thought he was thinking something else, blah, 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 blah. And his yeah, the lips are not yeah. moving. I was like, okay, well, at least they tried to kind of capture, because that's what how Herbert wrote his book. And mm. I, f- I like that they didn't do that with the newer one, because cinematically, it does not work. No. Literally, I, I, I lo- I think- it does. Yeah, I think you I think you hit it right on the head when you said that it was more of a shock factor. Like mm-hmm. Lynch was going for that shock factor because there's a lot of moments in the original Dune that are like, oh, the horror. Oh, no. Like it's trying to get that that reaction out of you. Right. Like, oh, yeah. it's gross or uh, like, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, <laughs> th- there was definitely more of a a shock factor. I felt like the new Dune like still like maintained that but did it in a more realistic way of like not trying to show you like a sight you know from like seeing something right like you more so felt it which is i think more natural as a human being too right and talking about paul and how he sees visions of the future and what could possibly happen it's very much going back to the religious thing and we kind of touched on this earlier but it's very much like you know with with jesus right like Mm -hmm. jesus came to the earth and he was set to lead lead a, a group of people and and you know have them follow him which with paul you know he is ultimately set to be the leader of the freemen mm-hmm. uh if yeah. that's i mean i you know i i it's almost like what, preordained I mean, in yeah, a sense because and, and he's seeing all the the possibilities and things like even when he thinks he's going to potentially now let me get this i, I want to make sure i'm not confused here but in this in the new dune when he's going into that fight and he's and he's putting his hand on the on the wall there and he sees the vision of basically his, yeah his death it's him dying right? yeah it's him dying mm-hmm. but then he he basically changes the well he changes the outcome so the thing with that scene it's very symbolic in a sense the the voice he's hearing in his in his head is telling him in order to become the 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 quintessential god yeah i know you're talking about um, yeah. and become muadib he has to let go of paul atreides he has to in, in a sense kill himself to gain enlightenment which sounds is, a lot like jesus it's very much like jesus you have to do away with your human side and kill them kill your uh humanity in a sense yeah. and to become the god and that's what Paul mm-hmm. in that moment, I think, is doing. It's a very symbolic moment, which we didn't get really in the older Dune. Which Yeah, that's why I was kind of like, uh... <laughs> well, and, and I love that Villeneuve went there, because that's a very symbolic scene and needs to be established to understand where Paul is at at that moment in his life and his, his journey. Because he, from there... I mean, I've read the book. He goes, he gets caught up in his God level powers and stuff and being able to see the future and being able to essentially like know what's going to happen and what happened and what is in the present. 
he's able to live in three different time zones, basically, you know, mm-hmm. or three different times, you know, or different realities and such. So, and that's what the Bene Gesserit wanted. That's why they basically breeded him to make the quintessential supreme being, in a sense, mm-hmm. which in a, mm-hmm. in a sense brings up the whole genetics aspect of the the story you know the fact that there's all this crossbreeding to create the perfect human i mean we're trying to do that right now in the world you know it's like trying to create super soldiers to better to become better humans and supreme humans you know it's it's, and we're always trying to paint ourselves in a god image which i find very interesting that we're still trying to do that you know we're made Mm -hmm. in god's image but we're trying to become god Yes, we need to stop playing God. Exactly. Now more than ever. Because yeah, no, it, literally, mean, literally the world's like teetering on war right now. Uh, with the Ukraine and the Russian conflict and, and every, all the European powers now trying to vie for that particular region. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that's Arrakis. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, that, yeah. that, it's so true. I mean, I think, I think watching these films right now, I remember we were going to watch them originally, you know, a little bit earlier on and we were going to cover them. I'm kind of glad we waited, though, because now more than ever, like, they're so relevant, right? Well, yeah, and you'll find that, like, a lot of films, (laughs) you're going to find things that relate to things that are happening in in the real world because these directors, these directors literally are telling people, like, the artists are the best way of showing how the world should be. And mm-hmm. what it's doing at the current time that a particular film is made and, you know, has a certain slant to it, a certain ideal that comes through through the director's vision for the particular mm-hmm. film that he's doing or he, or she's doing, you know, so, um, well, yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I, I think I think ultimately uh, to sum it all up, as we always have our, our sum ups that, uh, you know, with the old Dune. We got a great glimpse at what the potential mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, uh, an epic could be. We mm-hmm. didn't get the full potential just because of, you know, uh, the budget constraints and things like that. But then when technology, you know, the 2021 version of Dune came out, you truly saw what was originally meant to, you know, be what what they were trying to put together the first time. Right. And we mm-hmm. saw we saw a story that had time to breathe and really explore characters and not only that but it also allowed us to explore more of the 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 characteristics of uh, of ourselves at the same time in a way that you know because there's questions about fear there's questions about death there's questions about the afterlife there's spirituality there's questions about uh i mean you could bring in climate you could bring in uh, governing bodies you could bring in war any i mean anything there's this is the perfect film right now to watch. Although, yes, it is a epic sci-fi journey, right? There are so many underlying Layers messages here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that should be and should be explored and deserve to be explored. And I hope that you will go and if you haven't seen the new Dune yet, check it out. If you haven't seen the old Dune, go and watch it and see truly see how incredible filmmaking and like just just uh, artists are in general because even though that film came out in, in 1984 uh the 2021 version of it still took stuff from it and and borrowed and like you were yeah. saying like 
Yeah, everybody borrows from everybody. That's what mm-hmm. artists do. And I think that's I think that's really it. I didn't have as much like as a button this time, but I, I think it's yeah. really more so just check out Dune and look at it more than just an epic sci-fi film because underneath all the crazy excitement and awesome, you know, cinema cinematography and incredible score and pretty good acting yeah. for the most part. That was another uh, thing. The score is amazing on the newer Dune. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think it's Zimmer's one of his best scores because he really the the cool thing with speaking about the score, the original Jodorowsky Dune was going to have different bands be the music for the different cultures. Like the Harkonnens mm. were going to be a certain band. I think Pink Floyd was even going to be brought in to play do some music for uh, the hmm. the particular film i think toto ended up being like the original yeah toto like plays the music for the <laughs> yep. the old yep. one it is toto and so i love that for the trailer you know zimmer brought back some of the pink floyd influence you know for the the trailer when they were promoting 2021's version of dune and mm-hmm. you hear some of the influence too because he tried to really create different distinct cultures with with the fremen with the harkonnen with the atreides and they all like the mm-hmm. Atreides have the bagpipe in there, which doesn't quite make sense because that never really came up in the books per se, but interesting take on their culture. And then the Harkonnens are very like, you know, that guttural, like, yeah. uh, bassier, like drop. And then you have, you know, the Fremen, which is more the lyrical mel- melody that kind of plays throughout the Dune vocal throughout the whole film. So, yeah, I mean, guys, it's it's a both films have such beauty in in the fact that they blend so many different parts of production to create a very artistic piece of cinematic history. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we end it, I want to do something a little different this time, Elliot, because you are a huge Dune person. You've read the books. Mm -hmm. You've seen the films multiple times. I, and I like to I like to do this with people that have read books because I know you have so much more knowledge about it. But what where would you in reality let's let's go with the new Dune because mm-hmm. we know that old Dune had some some it needed to <laughs> need a little work, but it was something like it was there. It, it, yeah. it's it's still a piece that was you it was know, like taken the footnotes from and version. Upon. It, I'll, I'll say yeah, the, it's your spark notes. It's your spark, spark notes. notes that's what not footnotes. So notes. so on a scale of on a scale of one to ten compared to the book, what would you give Dune twenty twenty one? Compared to the book, I think it's the yeah. closest to the to Herbert's original vision for Dune. And I couldn't be happier with how it turned out because I've been, you know, I've I've seen many, many different versions like Children of Dune. I've seen, you know, uh, David Lynch's version and such. And I've always and I, I started reading the books because, you know, one of my my uncle Tony was like, hey, I, I was really into them. Uh, here are the books like just go go crazy read all of them and i'm like on god emperor dune right now so i'm finishing up like the last in the herbert written books and then his son took Mm. over after he passed away i believe and i just really got lost in the world because it's such an expansive world of Mm -hmm. mysticism and spirituality and religion and it's beautiful it's there's beautiful cultures in that Herbert wrote and great, beautiful characters too, that Herbert wrote. And I felt, uh, Denis, uh, really 
captured that beauty and that sense of like these cultures have you know that we love so much that we see in our own lives have mm-hmm. survived 10,000 years in the future and still are going that's mm-hmm. the timelessness of of dune is that culture and human humanity will live on no matter how much war and oppression it fight tries to fight through it will find the light and 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 live on 10,000 years that's in kind future. of a that's that's interesting thing too right is that to, to tie all that all that up and what you were saying is that it, it's interesting and it's in a desert right because mm-hmm. deserts are seemingly i mean think about how many grains of sand are in a desert right like mm-hmm. we can't we we physically can't i mean it, it's endless and i i kind of like that you know, Dune, like a desert was the main setting for mm-hmm. the film pretty much. I mean, once they get off of their, their home planet, right? Because in reality, there's nothing in a desert, but at the same time, there's so much in a desert. It's just, you have to know where to look. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, I don't know, I, I, that spoke to me in, in a different way, but uh, what? Oh, what I thought what I thought was interesting too, speaking about land, you know, the the desert and and such, mm-hmm. there was a a parallel made. I just after watching the newer one multiple times, um, when Paul and Leto and and the family are leaving Caladan and going to Arrakis, um, he puts his hand in the water because he knows it's the last time he's going to see water. And I, and then when he gets to Arrakis, he does the same thing to the ground. It's like that connection with Mother Earth that Paul makes yep. that no one else yep. does that sets him apart from everyone. And I thought that was and very interesting that they the, made that parallel. And then did you realize most of his visions come too when he's touching some part of Earth? Right. Well, not Earth, but you know, the land. Yeah, whether it's in the sand, whether it's on that wall, mm-hmm. whether it's—I mean, a lot of—I mean, it's connected, right? He's—he's he's right. conne- he's spiritually and, and just connected to to his universe, to the world around him. Mm-hmm. But all right, Elliot. So I think it's safe to say you would give Dune twenty twenty one five giant sandworms out of five. Yes, five giant sandworms out of five. And maybe a sixth if there's if there's one yet. If the bag is oh maybe uh, the, the bag well, of gummy worms is we can, uh, empty, you know you gotta you gotta add more in there, man. <laughs> well, I can get a thumper and we could bring another one along. Okay, perfect, excellent. Yeah, as long as it right, doesn't well, start the <laughs> holy war of holy wars. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's let, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, signing off here, guys. Have a great one. Enjoy. Go out, watch Dune, and Dune. The double dune, do the double dune of double dunes and 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 watch out for the worms. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.